Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. Hundreds of people today phoned the ZBC saying they sighted an unidentifying flying object. It was a bright radiant light. I've never seen anything like it in my life. It was the absence of noise I didn't like. People from all over Zimbabwe were phoning the BBC to say, we've seen something weird. There were three of us that saw it. Myself, the co-pilot, and the pilot in the other aircraft. No wings, no nothing. Shiny over thing. Ariel School, 19th, September, 94. Could you tell me what you saw on Friday? This silver thing in amongst this clump of, of trees. We saw this black figure running. His, his face was like this, and his eyes were down here. I just thought it was some kind of alien from a different planet. When you looked at those children, they were absolutely credible. And, and whereabouts was it? In the trees over there. There was a big group of kids pointing and making a noise and shouting and screaming. The panic spread. Am I safe or am I not safe? And he's a Harvard psychiatrist. Meet Dr. John Mack, a believer in aliens from outer space. We came away convinced that an extraordinary event occurred here. I think they want people to know that we're actually making harm on this world. How did that get communicated to you? It came through my head. Somehow there was a message about pollution from the way he was staring. Yes. I was just a hard-ass journalist. I could handle war zones, but I could not handle this UFO thing. I mean, I never felt this could derail my career. The dean wanted to know, what is he doing? Angels, yes. Extraterrestrials, no. John has lost it this time. This journey is literally to pick up the pieces and put them back together. Oh my gosh. I was right on the log when it actually happened. We are the ones who drew those funny pictures. Something that I'll never ever forget. I've drawn this again. But I usually kept it quiet. People think you're crazy. My husband doesn't even know about it. You feel so alone in society. Why is it that we tend to want to shrink this powerful phenomenon to our notions of reality rather than being able to stretch ourselves to expand what we know and to admit that we don't know. Would you like to see him again? Yes. And if you saw him again, what would you do? I'll ask him some questions. What would you like to ask him? I'll ask him what is he doing on Earth and what does he want with us? Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 490. Releasing December 25 on digital is Aerial Phenomenon, a documentary that delves into the 1994 mass UFO sighting event at the Aerial School in Zimbabwe, in which over 60 school children witnessed an extraterrestrial event. The film also explores the efforts of Harvard Professor of Psychiatry John Mack and BBC war journalist Tim Leach in keeping this story alive, a documentary that explores the real-world human implications of experiencing an out-of-this-world event, 
Aerial Phenomenon also marks the feature film debut of UFO researcher Randall Nicholson, who now directs the film and produces and does a whole bunch of other stuff as well, Randall. I mean, this is really a film that's a, a passion project for you when you have our fingers and a lot of pies on this one, don't you? Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Thanks for having me on that, by the way. Absolutely. I mean, it's such a pleasure to have you on and, you know, re- just reading up about Aerial Phenomenon and and your relation to the film. I mean, I've read articles as far back as, say, 2009, talking about how you were trying to get this film off the ground. And this is a documentary that has been in ways is self-financed and self-distributed. And, and now that it's some uh, some critics have seen it, review, early reviews have been very strong. It's to be released very soon. How does it feel to that now after all these years, the film will finally come out. How does it feel on, on your end as a filmmaker and, and someone who has invested such a uh, such a, a personal and financial uh, uh, cost into making this film? How does it feel now that people will be watching it finally? Uh, it, it feels very, very good. Um, you know, I started in 2007 and, you know, you have all these different uh, ideas of when you're going to get done. And the financing was a real big issue you know to be able to go to africa i spent a year and three months there three different trips and um to get the proper people to work on the film also but i feel great that it's done you know what i mean that i that i achieved the goal i wanted to do which was to tell this story um but yeah it feels good and what feels even the most uh rewarding uh has been happening in the last three months and it's it's the been the letters I've been getting from people, and it's just one sentence. It said that just really touches my heart, and that says, you know, thank you for validating my experience. And to me, there's nothing. I mean, I would have done it all for that, because I know how that is. You know, when you've been living with something your entire life, and and um, you know, finally someone tells that story in the way it should be told in a way and, and with real honest, legitimate people um, that is, there's no gift you can give bigger to anybody. And it's not me that just gave that it was our crew. It was all the witnesses who had the courage to, to come forward. Um, so that like the biggest gift to me is, is that is, um, and I hope the kids that are the that were interviewed, the witnesses, uh, really hear that that that's kind of the impact I've been getting over and over. Because a lot of people that has ha- has had this happen to them, isolate, you know, and don't talk about it. They're afraid of getting ridiculed or laughed at, and they just keep it inside. For me, you know, this documentary is interesting in that it is a film about this. UFO incident that happened back in 1994 but it's also a film I think about it's a story about tenacity in the face of opposition it's a story about these group of people um, who all experienced something and just really never wavering um, no matter what type of opposition was thrown against them especially when it comes to someone say like John Mack or Tim Leach their careers in many ways were really put uh, under the fire because they refused to give in to any type of group thinking. They refused to give in um, to, they refused to abandon these kids who mm. put their story out there bravely. That story of tenacity, is that something that really spoke to you as well? 
in regards to the stories of, of John Mack and Tim Leach in regards to the area school incident? It did. And and it, it was more than just John. I mean, it's just it was more than John Mack um, and Tim Leach and the kids. It was other researchers that were involved in it, other uh, parents that held that um, for years and years, decades, really. Um, that that same kind of tenacity uh, of the story can't go unheard. It's too, you know, too big, too important. And it's just, you know, no one has ever come forward to say it was something else ever. And um, it's uh, it's it's just uh, yeah, it's amazing. And And I think it was because of the exposure to interviewing those kids. You knew they were telling the truth. There was just no question about that. And why would they do that? You know, why would yeah. they, you know, if they, if they wanted to come forward with a story, they'd have all the, you know, everything would be this was this way, this was this way, but they were in awe, in shock, uh, didn't have a lot of answers. And that's kind of, that's what happens. It's a very human story, isn't it? I mean, the UFO event is, is the trigger that brought all these people together, but it's about the ramifications um, that happened to these people, whether it be um, their towards their spiritual lives, their personal lives, family lives, um, you know, their own kind of like dealing with what is uh, reality as they knew it, as a, as to what it, what it was post this event. And one of the people that you focus on in the film is Emily Trim. Um, mm-hmm. She is a, a she was in, in Zimbabwe at the school. She's originally from Canada. Um, she witnessed the event along with so many others. Um, but for her, it was this was still a very much a process in regards to she didn't really have anyone to talk to about this, and a lot of people didn't because the, a lot of the adults in their lives would be parents or, or teachers or some people kind of dismissed their story. Um, an interesting thing about Emily as well is, isn't it true that she contacted you in a kind of like a – and I wouldn't say aggressive, but in very much a hey, this is our story. Who are you to 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 be the one to tell it? Kind of kind of vein. Is is it a kind of a true thing that happened there? That's exactly true. I still have that email, and uh, yeah, I was just like, wow, I'm stepping into something here that people have a lot of feelings about. And there's, mm. you know, I understand because I don't think she understood or knew how I was going to present the story. You know, it, you know, I'm sure she felt like, hey, don't 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 mess with us. <laughs> don't mess with us kids because we're not going to be made fun of or anything like that. I got a shout out to Emily because she really took a a real big risk and, and uh, gave a lot to um, be part of this film. Um, And very few people do that. You know, the interesting thing about Emily is that I myself am a Christian. I know there are a lot of Christians out there who are looking at, the whole kind of like UFO phenomenon, especially the the um, a lot of things that have been revealed over the last couple of years, um, and they they I don't know I'm not going to go as far to say that that they're questioning their faith in any way. I'm not saying that, but it's a real kind of interesting kind of juxtaposition about how this thing over here fits with this other thing that we've that we've come accustomed to accustomed to uh, as a as a human species over the last you know two thousand years or so since uh, Christianity has has been around and. And that conf- the, the idea of the conflicting worldviews is a really kind of interesting element in this movie, not only towards Emily's story, but I think a lot of people as well. 
when people sure. face an event like they did with with this kind of like UFO incident, um, it really kind of the ramifications afterwards um, is really kind of searing. I think. I I, I think that's true. Religion uh, was a was a focus because because um, there were so many. It was religious school. The aerial school is a Christian school. Um, and I have no, you know, beef or anything around religion. I believe in God myself. But it doesn't mean that these things are evil or, you know, we don't know what these things are. But we mm. do, uh, I believe, uh, know that they come from somewhere else, you know, and it's a pretty big universe. Um, so, yeah, there is a lot of... Uh, you know, and I, a lot of the kids had come to the realization that, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, yeah. that there's other life in the universe. You know, it's in the Bible. God said, you know, <laughs> we, you know, there. I don't know, we can get into the, the text and uh, <clears throat> why would he not spread it out all over the place? And we're just starting to meet some of those um, other creatures from other places. So and I know. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I know everybody talks about, well, how would they get there? Um, well, you know, we do this in the military and we, you know, we go to a faraway place. Granted, it's not interplanetary at this point, but we send a forward operating. We set up a forward operating base of, you know, and then we resupply that, you know, uh, over and over. So they they only had to travel once. You know what I mean? And that may have been a long time ago. I don't know. but. But the the whole uh, idea of people talking about how how could they even possibly get here? Well, we don't even know because we haven't evolved that far. Um, what's cap What's possible? But also, um, you know, another species would likely, if they were interested in ours, would likely set up some kind of forward operating base or whatever. <laughs> you know, so they don't have to travel back and forth <laughs> um, if that's an issue at all. So Emily reaches out to you, but there are so many other witnesses as well. How do you go about finding the witnesses? Because after that incident, they kind of like a lot of the kids kind of like become adults and they they establish their own lives and kind of spread out around the world. Um, how do you, how do you go about finding these kids now that they're adults? Is there does does Emily help with that? Is there kind of like do other people reach out to you? I'm really curious in regards to that. Well, I got a lot of the names when I first went to the school in 2008, March, and uh, I got a lot of names from the school. I had great help from um, Robin Jurd and Nikki uh, Carter, um, and we started reaching out and searching those people on Facebook. Hmm. And Facebook just sort of came out at that time in 2006, 2007. So I... I was using it and even MySpace was still around back then and just trying to locate them online to, so I could figure out where they were because they were very uh, mobile being in their twenties, you know, or early thirties, they were moving all over the world. So it was very hard to, to um, track them and, and set up a time. Um, but I did, you know, Africa, I had to stay in Africa for quite a long time to get the people there because i didn't know if they were going to leave at any time you know hmm. they may have moved out to england or australia so and then i did all of europe finding all the ones in europe and uh in the united states and um and then it just you know there, there was a, a several witnesses in australia that i just couldn't afford to get to um 
but yeah, it, uh, that was a journey in itself was locating these people. It, it took an awful long time. Um, and then, you know, you, once you locate them, then you, you know, the conversations that I had on the phone with people were pretty, I was, that would, uh, was out there in the world, but you know what? And people would tell me about it over the phone. And then I, you know, say, Hey, would you like to do an interview? And then that, that would be a yes or a no. And, um, so yeah, there were quite, there were, there were a, a lot of witnesses, a, a lot that I didn't either get to, or, um, did not want to put the, their faces on a film. It's not interesting. It, Go ahead. Not that they didn't believe or weren't witness to something that happened. It's just, they were afraid of what it would do to their lives and their friendships. And that part's really interesting to me because over the years that you've made this film, and when you first kind of came up, conceived it 2007 and in all that time you've been making it and all, all of the interviews that you've done, an interesting thing is, has been happening uh, uh, within pop culture, within the media, within within the, just the world at large in that the acceptance of belief for these incidents has gradually grown and grown and grown to the point mm-hmm. where now you have the United States, the United States government admitting uh, to tracking these things and and these Senate hearings and all these other things going on and it's it's quite interesting to see. So while you're making this movie, um, where a lot of these uh, witnesses have been ostracized and ridiculed and 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 questioned, um, the things that was once considered taboo in regards to uh, UFO sightings and UFO belief has become much more mainstream now. It's it's, it's quite an interesting uh, a parallel that's going on there. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I didn't expect that to happen. Um, probably most people didn't, but it did. Um, so yeah, it's it's a rather exciting time. And, uh, you know, I think of all those people who came forward from the beginning, you know, way back in the 30s, 40s, 50s, who spoke out publicly all the way through the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. And a lot of those people are no, no longer alive. You know, mm-hmm. and that makes me a little sad that they don't they're not seeing this day because of the flack they took and and how it changed their lives. You know, I mean, the aerial kids are pretty lucky in a way um, that the, the timing for this event is uh, is being accepted. Um, and uh, but, yeah, it's just it's it's exciting. And I never thought I would see what is happening happen. Um but I think it's good for all of us. I think the most important thing, regardless of what these things are, is let's find out the truth. What is it? Because I want to know. I want to know what their intentions are. You know, there's a million questions I, I would love to have answered. Because, you know, they're they're obviously, seemingly, a very technological species from God only knows where. And uh, they can have a, 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 a quite an impact on our civilization without us even knowing it. So that's you know part of my concern. Not that they're I don't I, I just don't even refer to good evil. It's not even about that. We're dealing with another another species, and uh, it doesn't appear to be like they're out to you know take over the planet or you know, any of those sci-fi things. It doesn't. That's not what's going on. It doesn't appear to be. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Tee Public. Tee Public is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. 
With over 1.2 million designs, Tee Public is sure to have something you'll love. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Amazon. The world's leading online store, Amazon is your first stop to buy a wide range of products at competitive prices with fast delivery times. Amazon is also a world-class entertainment hub that includes Prime Video, Audible, Twitch, Amazon Music, and more. Sign up with Amazon today and experience the best in online shopping and entertainment. Please support Matt's movie reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, request movie reviews and top 10 lists, and help support my work. Please click on the Patreon link in the description below. I want to talk about the, the treasure trove of archival footage that's in this uh, documentary. It's so fantastic that you can get your hands on um, the the live interviews that that the, ch- that the children did, or the different kind of like um, news uh, footage, um, just the town hall meetings as well. It's just all incredible stuff. I've mm. having spoken to you know, independent uh, filmmakers before, especially documentarians. Um, usually I, um, they tell me stories about how difficult it can be, not so much in locating the footage, but getting the rights to the footage, especially yeah. when you're dealing with, um, with um, budgets that may not may, may need to be stretched quite a bit to accommodate for that. Uh, was that something that you had to go through as well in regards to obtaining rights to a lot of this uh, footage to use in your documentary? And, and if so, um, what have you learned over the years about um, uh, copyrights, et cetera, when it comes to archival footage? Because for a lot of filmmakers I talk to, it's definitely been a learning curve in the process of putting these films together. Oh, yes, for sure. Uh, I mean, um, like I I figured I could get this film out for about $200,000, but that was right in the beginning. I'm like, no, because my uncle had left me $200,000 to get this film done before he died. Mm-hmm. which was amazing you know byron canny really uh he um believed that i was going to get this done and i did and but still you know starting at two hundred thousand, then i you know you get to a point it's like oh my gosh i've got to hire an attorney i've got you know <laughs> it just becomes bigger and then when you get into rights i mean people own this footage and you know, that was a whole, it was a very expensive part of this film was paying for the rights to use it. Um, all these different um, interviews and, you know, there's there's another 60 interviews that are not even in the movie that are profound. And, uh, you know, I I would love to at some point to to get those out. So it's it's just more of the slam dunk, so to speak, of that this is this really happened. Um, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a, an education going, a learning curve, <laughs> a steep one sometimes, um, just even dealing with attorneys and dealing with rights holders and, you know, it, I, I'm pretty good at it now, <laughs> but it's been tough. Uh, but it is a financial burden that, um, and when, especially when you get exclusive footage that nobody else has, the price on that stuff, uh, goes up, you know, it's not like a creative commons kind of thing where you can pull stuff off um so yeah but there's an enormous amount of archival which is was really to me convincing you know for me because i knew where that came from and i knew where it was shot and and it was in the moment you know and uh um 
the adult interviews were very profound too because they had not seen a lot of their own interviews uh and yet they told the same story 20 years later as if they were there i'm really um, interested in regards to the editing process i mean you know what they say it's one thing to shoot a film it's another film thing to piece it together in the editing room you know it's like that's where so the film's kind of made right so um you yourself edited the movie, and you also had Christopher um, Seaward and Rick Disgress as well, all uh, helping you yes. with the editing. How do you three go about grabbing all of those archive footages, the, the interviews, uh, and piecing it all together? Do you like to map out your stuff beforehand? Um, do you do visual diaries? How do you like to go about piecing a, a movie together like this? Uh, you know, we did some transcribing so we could see the words, but for me, it was more what's on screen, you know, what, what is, what is communicated on screen, uh, the emotional value, look in the eyes. And that was a wonderful thing about this, the working with all these people. Like when you looked in their eyes, you, 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 they, you knew you were, they were telling you the truth, you know, there was no their body language everything about it was uh very raw and uh which is why like later on in the film when i start to interview the adult kids i go in tight you know i, I didn't do a lot of wide shots because i wanted people to look in their eyes hmm. uh because they're telling the truth um but i say it all um and uh so uh yeah no when I, I had edited till about 2012 and got stuck. And I was like, I have to get a professional editor to help me tell this story. And that's when I got uh, Chris Seward involved. And, uh, you know, he worked on Fahrenheit for Michael Moore and all these other award-winning films. He's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And he knows how to tell a story. Um, and you know, kind of gave me a different perspective of what, what I was looking at, uh, which was really helpful. And then him and I started working together. Uh, one of the things he's like, you're not telling the story for yourself. You're telling it for the audience, the audience. That's who you are telling this to, which is a kind of a perspective shift that a lot of filmmakers go through, hopefully is that uh, as much as you want to get it done and tell what you think you're not really you're telling it to to a group of people you know um that you don't know some of them you do some of them you don't but you're talking you're telling a story to the kids it happened to which was a big deal for me i wanted to let the kids know because they didn't know all the things that happened at that point mm. and one of the reasons was to give them like here's what happened and and then also other people had been through this and then the general public um but christopher was amazing uh rick uh degress was degrees um was just a technical genius as far as any problems we had and uprising footage and you know um so we all three of us um were at different points of editing things but chris and i um pretty much swap chairs, swap chairs back and forth. I'd work on it. He'd work on it. I'd work on it. He'd work on it. And we had a lot of discussions. We had disagreement, you know, the things that happen in an edit room. And it's also a lot of fun <laughs> in the edit room. But um, yeah, you go through a lot of uh, what matters, like what matters to the story, what matters to what actually happened, you know, 
Um, and I really wanted to stick right with, you know, what happened, no special effects, none of that because didn't need it. The kids were the special effects in a way, you know, the, you didn't, you know, and, and special effects in a movie like this, you're never going to get it right unless you get mm. one of these things and a couple of these creatures to come down. Right. <laughs> Cause it's just so bizarre. That's the problem. We can't replicate that. It's the and it also comes down to a lot of times the imagination is better than anything could be on screen. Oh yeah. Truth is far better than fiction by far. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, uh, it's the unbelievable. That need to make sure that the story of the children is told no compromise um, no, um, no special effects, none of that stuff. Is is that what came down to having you distribute the film on your own? Did you find that when shopping the film around that some some people, some companies wanted to change things or maybe uh, you know maybe yes. jazz some things up, and you were just like, look, I've worked on this for a long time. Um, there are people's lives that people have put their reputations on the line to be in this film. I'm not going to compromise. Um, and at the end, that that's essentially why we're we're seeing you, yourself doing the distribution on this movie. Is that pretty much right. Yeah, that's unfortunate, but um, yeah, a lot of people wanted to. Uh, when I went out shopping, it wanted to change it and uh, sort of put it more back into the UFO genre of films, which I wanted to stay away from and mm. make a movie like you'd make about some anybody in the world that went through something normal and even though this wasn't normal why treat it differently so because they've it's just we've been stuck in this ufo genre you know sort of thing which is very um you know uh uh how do you say it um sensational mm-hmm. you know? pushing buttons and it's like wow you know and it's making it some big um thing when it it's it's just people going through something that we don't understand completely um so yeah that was a big fight that i had with some very large distributors some of the biggest distributors in the world and i would have loved to have um have had them on board and I really would have because it, it would have they had much more distribution capabilities and reputation. And uh, but at the end of the day, um, I I thought the film after all this work, all this time, I thought we got it right. So that was a hard decision and I had to make it. <laughs> but, yeah, to self-distribute and. um, um Not as lucrative for sure, but it, it's the right thing to do. It was the right thing to do, and that's what matters. Again, it comes back to that that theme of tenacity that I think is really prevalent uh, throughout your story. Um, when it comes to yourself and Ariel and the story and and everything else involved with it, is this the, does this close a chapter for you, or is this just a a a, a, a next step in in your investigations into? Uh, this this event are we going to see more um, content um, you mentioned before there's um, additional interviews that didn't make the cut in the movie I imagine there's a lot of things that didn't make the cut are we going to see perhaps online exclusives or of DVD or perhaps a future DVD release of more things uh, uh, that didn't make the uh, final cuts of the, uh, the release that a lot of people will watch very soon I, I mean personally I'd like to it, it's definitely not the end of 
I'm, this is not a closure closure for me at all. Um, but what I what I would love to do is a director's cut with you know a lot of the other children's interviews in it. The people that had this on their radar scopes at different um, airports and um, installations, pilots. Uh, I mean, other witnesses that were around that area who saw who saw a lot. I mean, I've done all those interviews. There's, there's, you know, 70 interviews anyway. Mm. Um, you know, the other part that wasn't included was, you know, how the, the native, uh, African, uh, population and their, um, it was included a little bit, but it, that was a half hour segment, which was absolutely fascinating, but we had to cut it, uh, just for time, but the, the native Africans and their experience and how they feel about these things because they see them they see these things more often than we do i think because they're outside more it's dark the really really dark skies in in africa there's not a lot of uh, light pollution and um and and people generally instead of tv they're outside at night um so there's a lot that gets seen over there um it's a different kind of lifestyle. There's many reasons for that. Um, but I would love to uh, love to just, you know, just to sort of do the, you know, air, okay, here's Ariel. This is a story that happened at Ariel. And then a second film uh, really kind of focusing on this is why. This is mm. why it's, it's even more significant because of all these other incidents that happened around it. Um, and then you know after that I, <laughs> i've got another movie um i've been doing a movie about a a murder and a murder investigation that i did um that's pretty uh current and um it was basically all video and digital information that i've been figuring all this out um and i might do a film about that and I don't know, I, I just have quite a few, uh, quite a lot of things I've already shot around the, uh, other interviews of uh, people in Africa that had nothing to do with Ariel, but had their own experiences. I mean, I hope people really understand that it's a worldwide, every single country. I've talked to people from Japan, China, you name it. Every single country on the planet has seen these things. So uh, well, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing we should be paying attention to this i don't know why i mean it, we're getting there that's the good part well the first step everyone needs to do is watch aerial phenomenon available on all major digital providers december 25 you can also go to aerialphenomenon.com to find more information um you can rent or buy through the website uh, as well um it's, it's really is a, a phenomenal film that you put together here randall it's like i said before it's a human story about an extraterrestrial event. I think you really got to the crux um, about the uh, really kind of uh, intimate human side um, of the of, of these events. Um, and you really bypassed a lot of that kind of sensationalism that other filmmakers really kind of concentrate on too much, I think. Um, and you did a great job here in presenting the stories uh, of not only uh, the children who were witnesses, but also the stories of John Mack in Tim Leach as well, which I think is very important. And Randall Nickerson, mm -hmm. I thank you so much for your time today. Congratulations with the documentary. 
hopefully we get to talk again in the future with your future releases because it's been a, a pleasure to talk today same here i appreciate it david it's sort of really nice and um and uh you know it's available on amazon right now actually but and the, you can also get it on our website but i do appreciate it and i'll pass on the thanks to the crew and and the witnesses because they they need to know because they were part of all of this you know excellent and kudos to them you know absolutely the absolutely thank you so much Randall. thank you sir